Grab your popcorn and silence those cell phones because the show is about to start. Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. Rick Blaine is an award-winning film critic featured on TheBigScreen.net.org and has been highlighted on over 75 unreleased independent film posters in less than 12 different countries. Nick Brown. He's been the high school projectionist for the AV Club for over nine semesters and can be heard nightly at the theater talking loudly in the row behind you about the film being screened. And now, they're joining forces. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. Welcome to Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. The podcast is back. It is post-Labor Day, so it's good to be along with you as we are flipping the calendar, the movie calendar, over into fall officially. And that'll be a pretty big topic here on today's show. But it's good to be along with you. I'm Joel Hoover. I'm Dave Brooks. And like Hoove just said before we open the mic, today is a good day to learn something new. It sure is. And hopefully we'll all be learning a little something new, especially since today we are looking at the fall and early winter movie preview as we're going to look at the rest of 2017 at the movies and see how things are shaping up. Should be a pretty good one today as we see what we can expect coming to theaters here for the rest of 2017. Did you see the uh, note left behind here? Apparently, really? speaking of learning something new, Rick and Nick are learning that we don't do recordings on holiday Mondays. Uh, showed up for the podcast Monday. Wish you were here. Where is everybody? Love, Ricardo, and Nicole. So nobody apparently was right. They were going to do their podcast for the first time ever and denied. Are those their own nicknames for each other? I thought that was legal. I don't know. I haven't gone over their birth certificates, but you never know. That's interesting. Um, so anyway, it sounds like they came in a day early, a day early and a dollar short. All their life. Like. Story of their life. Yeah. Well, they're going to have to try again. I, I don't know what they're doing today. They're probably off um, maybe catching the tail end of the Venice Film Festival. Who knows? Yeah. That, that might be where the two of them are now. Depending on, do they just, sound like Venice Film Festival? T- they're beer and nacho guys. They kind of are. It's true. Yeah, they they are mavericks in the way that they operate and the way that they kind of go by their own schedule. But I don't know. I've I've kind of lost track when it comes to these guys. The Venice Film Festival is a much more white wine spritzer event. Not quite their forte. Not exactly. Yeah. So anyway, once again, we will have to carry on without them. As once again. Rick and Nick kind of missed the ball here. But we welcome you to Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. We are sponsored by the Bemidji Theater right here in town. Again, you can go online to cectheaters.com to be able to find out what is showing at the Bemidji Theaters right here in Bemidji, just outside of town, next to the airport, just down the road from the airport. It's a great place to go catch a movie. And getting into the fall movie season, this is when things start to pick up a little bit. So it'll be a great spot to swing in and see something new. Uh, A lot of Oscar buzz movies start to come out in the fall, and we're going to talk a little bit more about those coming up. And, um, you know, not a bad summer season, but before we jump into the preview, we kind of touch base on a lot of current event stuff. Correct. One of the things is that, you know, unfortunately for movies, theaters everywhere, is that the summer of 2017 is going to go down as one of the weakest box offices of the last 25 years. It really is. And this Labor Day weekend, just to sort of cap it all off, was I think the worst since 2000, I believe, is what I saw um, online just recently. That the, I mean, there was nothing new. Everyone just kind of, the the filmmakers and the the production companies, they kind of abandoned the, the Labor Day weekend as far as big, noticeable releases that were coming out. 
for this weekend and just kind of said, no, we're doing away with it. And the numbers that are coming back are poor for it. And it is kind of looked backward, not for it, not for it. the movie yet, but that's, for the weekend. That's coming That's coming up this yeah. weekend, which we'll get into in a moment. But looking back for the weekend, as well as for the summer in general, you're absolutely right, Dave. And it's it's got everybody up in arms as to what is the issue here. And, and we'll probably discuss this a little bit more at length in the future. But what is what being the issue? And, and they've pointed different directions. Some are saying... It's the the movie review aggregators like Rotten Tomatoes that are that are scaring people away from going no. to the box office. But then people are firing back. The general public is saying, "Look, make us better movies, and I we will come see them, and and make us better movies that are that are creative and that that have some appeal to them that we aren't just going to totally shun because it's another sequel or it or it's just a, something unoriginal that was poorly put together." Put something halfway decent together and we'll come see it. So it, it's all a, a bunch of different things. Plus there's the digital debate is another one that is coming up too. People are willing to stay home and, and watch Netflix because it's easy uh, or any other streaming service because it's easy. So really the the entire film industry is kind of scratching its collective head going, what is the, the crux of the issue here? There may be more than one thing that is factoring in, though. Well, how many times, I mean, in, in my personal case now, I'm a huge movie fan. We know this, clearly. Um, but uh, when I wouldn't be doing this podcast otherwise. I know, without the handcuffs especially. <laughs> With a one-year-old yep. at home, though, it's hard to get a babysitter and go do this and see the movie. So we have to pick our battles when we go. So there's a lot of times you'll see the preview for something and you think, everyone has said it. I'll wait till it's on video. So that's where Netflix, for me, comes in as something convenient. I don't want to see it in the theater. I've made the conscious decision. Or I'll see something that I wanted to, but this thing and that thing didn't happen while I was in theaters. could make it. Correct. So here's something interesting that might tie into this. Did you hear about Stephen King over the weekend? I did not. Stephen King, um, who, of course, has a big movie coming out uh, based on one of his writing works, It, and he's got a, the, uh, the Dark Tower just came out, too. That's Stephen King. Um, he's got his fingers in a lot of, you know, not just books, but movies, too. So whether the movie adaptions of his books have been good or not good, they kind of run the gamut. He has now issued that he is going to start taking back the rights to his books. And he has famously in the past sold the rights to his books to be made into movies for like $1. He would go to a well, not a well-known movie person, uh, someone that wanted to get their start, and he would give them something to get their start with, with some of his works, and he would sell them the rights for a dollar. And some great movies were made that way and some other not-so-great movies. But a lot of the theaters or the movie companies, the studios, they'll hold the rights currently to Stephen King's work. So if they want to make a reboot or another sequel, think Amityville, for example. This is one that's gone off the tracks now as far as just hash out another one. Stephen King is saying, I want the rights back. You know, And part of it is if they want to make another movie, that's fine. We'll just make another deal. Maybe I'll sell it for a dollar. But I don't want to see just churned out stuff. You know, they're working on a remake of Pet Cemetery, so it'll take effect in about a year's time. So there's a couple of things that are in the pike. They're going to let them go, and then once those are done, he says, if you want to do another Stephen King adaption, you got to get the rights back. To try and see that it gets made the right way. Exactly. Basically. Well, I mean, like I said, Amityville. How many Amityville movies have there been? How many Amityville movies are people anymore asking for? I've lost track. It's just, you know, it's they, hey, let's just make another Amityville. We got the rights. Look at uh, what's going on with the Terminator franchise. James Cameron is going to get the rights to it back in about a year or two, and he's already got big plans to resurrect this thing. 
and not just the same kind of formula they've been doing over and over and over. Arnold Schwarzenegger, will he be involved? Who knows? But think about what's going on in the world today. you got drone aircraft and all this. That's kind of got Skynet written all over it. Little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Jim Cameron is kind of dropping a hint here or there, but he's getting it back, and he's got big plans, maybe not just for one movie, but I think when he's done with these avatars, and whether he directs or just produces – don't yeah, know what? I saw he's got four of them that he's going to be making. Since when did Avatar suddenly get four sequels? Yeah, he well, he kind of announced that a while ago, and they're starting production on them here pretty quick. Good grief. And I think they're going to film all of them, kind of like Lord of the Rings. They're going to do them all in one shot, I think. Yep. Uh, that's the word, anyway. Uh, so he's got big plans for not only Avatar, but Terminator. He wants to see them done well. And I think what you're starting to see is some of the filmmakers that are shooting back against digital domain releases, like just, you know, movies that are exclusively released on Netflix and so forth, right. saying this is not, you know, for some movies I can see this, but I mean, this is, they're not in support of this. Right. Appreciation of film needs to be back again, I think, is what some of these directors are realizing. I mean, there are some who have talked quite a bit about it. I know Christopher Nolan has said quite a bit about it. We, we've mentioned that Quentin Tarantino has done some different things that have been very uh, film-oriented. So, Things like that, that that sort of pay homage to the craft, and not only that, but also pay homage to it with the way that they make the movies and with the way that they try to piece it all together. So it'd be nice to see more of that. It would be really, really nice to see more of that, but it, it's, kind of a, it, it's kind of a tug of war right now yeah. based on what the consumer wants and the ease that the consumer wants to consume movies these days. So it is going to be... Really interesting to see how this all plays out here over the course of the next few months and beyond because it's been a tough summer at the box office. But that's but, that's not to say that the movies coming out haven't been good movies because that's the thing. You can there say, have been good ones. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wonder Woman ruled the box office. It was, it was the movie of the summer officially, um, and it's got a sequel that's coming, did great things. But the other catch is you could say, well, the movies weren't that good because they didn't do well at the box office. How can they not do well at the box office if nobody went to see to find out if it was a good movie or a bad movie? That's what I was saying to people about Baby Driver. Go check this movie out is what I was saying. I I was making that very clear. Go see this because this is a clever movie. It's different. It's something that's really fun to go check out. And, And it is very, very well done at the same time. Go give it a look. You know, that's, sometimes it just takes something like that. There are people who are saying that about Logan Lucky right yeah, now, the which Steven is in theaters, Because people are, who have gone and seen it have said, this is very good. This needs to be checked out at but a time not, where the box office has not been great. And it's not doing well at the box office, not because it's not a good movie as far as the reviews go. Just people are, eh, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. I'm not going to go see it. And it's the end of summer, I think, is part of that, too. Well, I don't. people say that, but I don't get it. I think if you put something out there that's good and people want to see it, they'll see it. You know, movies like Dunkirk did well. That came out the end of summer. Um, you still have uh, strong returns for um, the Hitman's Bodyguard. The reviews are decent. They're not off the charts, but they're decent. It's been number one for three weeks now. Yeah. Granted, it's not running up against a lot of competition, but people are going to go to the theaters year-round. Now, maybe the first week after Christmas and everyone's blown their financial cash stake away, that might be another situation. That's why January is not exactly a hot box office time. But if you put something good, I'll tell you right now, if they put out the next coming of Terminator and it was, the reviews are fantastic and it came out right now, people would be there because you give them a reason to go. Right. That's my theory. 
So, with all of that in mind, we do have the rest of 2017 coming yeah. up, and there are some really, really yeah. good ones that look like are on the horizon here for the rest of the year. So let's start diving into it. And we're looking at everything post-Labor Day at this point. We're not anticipating any spoilers unless you haven't seen a previous movie in the series. But True. do keep in mind that spoilers are sometimes a part of the conversation here with uh, the podcast. So do But like Hoover's saying, hard to spoil a movie that hasn't come out yet. So Correct. You're, you're probably safe, but be forewarned just in case. Let's look at September then and, and start previewing what's to come. Big, and big we've first already, weekend, yeah. We've already referred to it, literally, it, coming up here this, this uh, weekend. Early buzz was very good on it. Not sure where uh, the buzz has kind of quieted, I think, since the, the first couple of reviews came along and, and people said that they enjoyed it. There's, I think, an embargo on the reviews, at least for mm-hmm. now, generally. But early buzz was pretty good, although early buzz sometimes can be misleading because it's people who are getting an, uh, an opportunity to see a movie for free. So, plus, don't it's know a, yet. Plus, it's a horror movie. Horror movies in particular, are very hard to go by reviews because there's a lot of people that they just don't like horror movies at all. Right. It could be a, You could show them Silence of the Lambs, brand new, and they're like, oh, this is a horrible movie. It was an awesome movie. It won Best Picture, you know, but so horror movies are hard to gauge. But if you, this is your kind of thing, if you enjoy the early 90s miniseries with Tim Curry as Pennywise the Clown, which is a creepy miniseries. I don't know if you've seen it, but it is, no. it is messed up. But it's supposed to be messed up. Oh, it's really, man. really, really good. Uh, the word is on this one, for those that actually like spooky movies, that it is spectacular. So if, if this is your genre, if you like it, if you like Stephen King, you know, it's funny. This is going to be an example of two Stephen King movies. You had The Dark Tower come out this summer, did not do well at all. Now you got another Stephen King property, It, coming out, and it's going to do gangbusters. I don't know if it'll do nine million, $900 million at the box office, but for horror movie statue, it's going to do just fine. Yes, so we're going to keep an eye on that and see how it looks going into this coming weekend here. I'm sure for people who are listening, they might be listening as it's coming out or as the movie embargo has been lifted. So I'm very, very curious how it's all going to to shape up going into this weekend. But it is the the main focus here for this first weekend. Next weekend is is an interesting blend of movies that's coming out. There are two that kind of headline. The one is American Assassin. Um, which which looks kind of interesting, Dylan O'Brien as well as uh, Michael Keaton in that movie. The other one, and this is one of the movies that was up for awards at the uh, the Venice Film Festival, is Mother. And that one has Jennifer Lawrence as well as Javier Bardem in that movie, um, among others. And um, kind of an kind of an interesting movie. The buzz around it has been pretty good here so far, but uh, one of those. Maybe sleeper type movies yeah. that that could end up doing pretty well if pe- if buzz is good around it. Plus, you have a big headliner like Jennifer Lawrence too. This is going to be one. I don't want to compare it to say Silence of the Lambs, a movie we just brought up. I don't think it's going to be anything like that movie, other than the fact that it's a suspense thriller horror type movie with fantastic performances with an amazing cast, which is the only real similarity to Silence of the Lambs. I guess we can come up with. But it, you know, Darren Aronofsky is the director of this one, so you know, Black Swan was one of his. Um, this is going to be one that is um, it's going to be very interesting. Again, if it's not your genre, then maybe you won't go for it. But the performances are supposed to be off the charts. So it's, it's looked, yeah, it's looked that way based on the the buzz that came back from the festival early on. Yeah, and when you've got those kinds of people who are going to be in the mix, 
it's it's promising then. It seems it seems like it's going to be a little psychological too. Um, That's what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. So if you if Black Swan was your movie, this might be another one up your alley. And if Black Swan kind of threw you for a loop, great performances, but I, it's hard to follow. This looks like it might follow that that vein as well. But it looks like it will be an interesting one, and it could be some early Oscar buzz as well. The following weekend, then September twenty second. There a couple of different movies that are on the way there. There's there's a Lego movie that's on the way that weekend. Ninja Ninja Lego is that how you say it? Ninjago. 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 I I'm Le- not sure Legos exactly. in Ninja mode is really what it is. That's correct. Yes, <laughs> uh, I think is the most simplest way to uh, to define it. Um, there's also there. This is interesting. Battle of the Sexes is coming up September 22nd. That's uh the Bobby Riggs Billy Jean King yeah. um match that that happened. Emma Stone will play BJK and uh, Steve Carell will be Bobby Riggs. Which, so that how, should be kind of interesting. How many movies have those two starred in together? And now they're going up oh, as tennis man. rivals. In Crazy Stupid Love, they were father-daughter. Yeah. I mean, it's just, they, they apparently get along quite well, or they work well together. I guess so. This is, I think, yeah. their third movie together? Really? I, I think. another one. I think, I think. But, wow. I mean, it's interesting, that dynamic. But then the one that's, as far as, this has kind of become Big a attention. series. This has kind of become a series now, and plus... I still haven't even seen the first one. I still can't believe I haven't seen all of the first one, but I want to. And my family said, "Joel, you'd probably like this." Yeah. Kingsman: The Golden Circle, yeah. the the sequel to the original Kingsman: The Secret Service, is on the way on September twenty second. Uh, really, really strong cast once again here as uh, the Kingsman series rolls on, and it did very, very well. That was one of those clever come up with something oh, that's yeah. going to be catchy kind of movies that that latched on very very well and good enough to get a sequel it was like james bond on speed you know but this matthew vaughn uh, was a great writer director and this is the first sequel that he has directed of something based on a movie that he'd done the first one of really well he didn't do kick-ass 2 he didn't do some others but this is oh, the he first didn't. Okay. He, did, he was involved but he wasn't involved uh, so this is the first one that he's brought all the way through, or the first sequel anyway that he's done based on one of his own movies. So it's um, too early for buzz on it yet, but I know mean, people are looking forward to it. But come on, any movie with Elton John and a spy movie, I, you, you know something's going to go off the rails yeah. there a little bit. Should be interesting. It, does he have an actual yeah. role in it, or yeah. is it a bit part kind of thing? I couldn't tell you because it's not out yet. But I mean, he the last, I think the last and only movie, other than the, the rock opera Tommy that he was in, was Spice World. Where he just had a cameo. Yeah, he was in the Spice Girls movie where he was walking by and said, hi, girls, or when I had a girlfriend made me watch it. And uh, he just basically walked across the screen. That was it. So whatever he's doing in this, I got to imagine maybe Elton John in real life is a secret spy and he shows up. And I, I don't know. But he's a character. I could see if they make it work right, it really could go well. Could be interesting, especially when it's got an over-the-top style. It like certainly does. does. Yes. So, uh, but you've also got you know Harry Hart, uh, Colin Firth's character. Spoiler alert! We said we were going to have spoiler alert. So here's right. one. His character apparently, presumably, killed at the end of the first one, and well, he's back in this one now with an eye patch. So what exactly happened? We don't know. But and how exactly did he come back? I mean, they even teased that yeah. in the trailer. Well, it's, I think the secret is out now. I mean, it's pretty upfront and you know, center that he's back. So the story is how did how did that happen? We'll find out. But correct. So we've got a resurrected character. Yes. So that's all what's coming up here in September. Pretty good mix of stuff that that's on the way, both new and and of uh, older variety that has maybe something new that's attached to it. It just occurred to me you hadn't seen the full first Kingsman. Did I just spoil that for you? 
You might have. Uh, so, uh, well, that, you were right. so you warned yourself. <laughs> I can exactly. I, I can handle it. My apologies, but we were all warned. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, I saw the in the trailer that he reappeared again. So I was like, well, he either dies at the beginning yeah. of the second movie or he did at the end of the first, and I didn't see him. That's one that of the second. Trailer. That's one of the problems of seeing a popular movie too late after enough buzz has come in after enough years. The secrets kind of start to spill out. You know the Titanic will sink and that Leo drowns. and you. But know. seeing how it all happens yeah. can be pretty compelling, too. Although yeah. sometimes maybe a little frustrating then because it's like, well, I wish I didn't know. That's how it was for me when I was watching Breaking Bad. I, I knew yeah. how things were going to end as I was going through it. And I was like, well, this is kind of a bummer that I know how it's going to end. But at the same time, wow, is this compelling to see how it got to that end. The journey's the thing. It's not the end result. Didn't we title one of our episodes that? We did. I think we did. Anyway, moving on to October. I know we did. Oh, we got one more. Uh, oh, do we? End of September. You have a thriller with Tom Cruise, American Made. Yes, that's right. And you, you've you been keeping an eye on this one a little bit. You Kinda. think that this might be a pretty good bounce back kind of movie uh, for Tom Cruise after the way that things went with The Mummy. Yeah, not a good start for the summer for him with The Mummy. But uh, American Made, funny enough is already released in a lot of other countries, just not ours yet. And it's getting really, really good reviews. And it's loosely based on some real events back in the 80s when uh, the CIA was flying drug operations down in South America, and Tom Cruise plays a pilot that gets kind of roped into that whole thing. So it's kind of a thriller action-y kind of thing, but uh, it's getting really, really good reviews down there. Um, so when it opens here in the States... It's got already a good springboard, so it should, should be a nice wrap-up to September and hopefully a nice bounce back for him, at least till Mission Impossible 6 comes out. Do you have any idea of what American Made is going to be like or about? Any early synopsis? It seems, if I was going to make a comparison to it, it might be a more lighthearted Jack Reacher. It looks like it's going to be more... Hmm. If you ever saw an old movie from the uh, early 90s called Air America with Robert Downey Jr. and Mel Gibson, I, it kind of gets the vibe of that. Anything action-oriented these days seems to be a good bet that Tom Cruise is going to be attached to it in some way. Seems to be like an action comedy with some thrillerism thrown in. So, But again, I can't really say because it's not out. Sounds like not Tom, yet. Sounds like Tom Cruise. Yeah. All right, let's progress on to October. Before we do, we want to remind you that Rick and Nick Talk Flicks is sponsored by the Bemidji Theater. Hopefully you can stop by the Bemidji Theater here this fall and check out these great movies that are going to be coming on the way means the Bemidji Theater will surely have them. So all of this coming up this fall, well, there's a good chance that they'll have them. You never know, maybe with some of these more art house movies that we mentioned, but it's a great place to go catch a movie regardless, the Bemidji Theater. So let's move into October then. First weekend in October, a lot of buzz surrounding this movie, My Little Pony. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Although My Little Pony, the movie, is on the way, so if you do have kids who might be interested in that, yes, my Little Pony will be on the way then. Is that still a thing, or is this the 80s coming back, or what? I guess it's still uh, a thing. I don't know. I had a sister with My Little Pony. That's about all I know. Anyway, Blade Runner 2049 <laughs> is, is on the way in that first weekend in October. A lot of unknown surrounding Blade Runner 2049, I feel like. There's just, what direction is this going to go? How are they going to pick the story up after all these years that they've been away from it, Ryan Gosling steps in. Harrison Ford, of course, is back. Um, a lot of other noticeable names who are going to be a part of this one. So what is Blade Runner going to look like now? Literally 30 years down the line from when it first came out and also now with the new 2049 attached onto it as well. 
We've got Ryan Gosling in the in the lead, but you still have Harrison Ford back. Uh, but here, you know, this is going to be an example, an interesting thing to watch. And over the next couple of months, when this movie does come out, one of the big questions from the first one, and I don't want to get too into the plot, so if you don't understand it, that's okay. But uh, it's basically a cop hunting down replicants, which are like androids. So the question was: Is is Deckard Harrison Ford's character? Is he himself a replicant? And the way they did the movie. You could go either way. People have theories that he was or that he wasn't. The talk is this movie will answer that question. Oh, boy. But my thought is if this is a nice lasting legacy from the first movie, why get rid of that? Maybe you could throw a little more fire on both well, arguments. I think that's a great point. Yeah, because that is one of the enduring questions from Blade Runner. And Blade Runner presents so many questions, so much so that in my in one of my classes that I took when I was in college, my I we we watched Blade Runner in that. I think it was which one? It was my philosophy class. We yeah. watched Blade Runner for it, and it po- it poses so many layered questions like that. So why answer them? Maybe leave them unanswered yeah. a little bit and keep the debate going. That's what has made Blade Runner so lasting. But in any case, there are people who are quite excited for this for this coming movie, even if they do answer those questions. Well, and, and Ridley Scott has got another parallel here where he's going back to previous properties. He's done this with Alien, with Prometheus and Alien Covenant. So there were questions in the first Alien movie is who are these uh, founder-type people? And then we started answering those questions, and some of the fans didn't like those answers. And so does that tarnish the legacy of the original? We could see something similar happen with Blade Runner if one of the big questions from the first one gets answered. Does that potentially tarnish what had come before? And what if the sequel's not anywhere near as good? What if it's a, a turkey egg? Does that damage the legacy? So may, it's the big question, that age-old question, should you, George Lucas, leave it alone? We're not trying to influence your thinking going into the no, movie, by the no, way. No, 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 no. It might be a fantastic movie. Uh, maybe it'll find an answer in a way that satisfies everybody. At this point, like we said, it's can't tell because the movie's going to be out in about a month. But it'll be interesting. Good buzz around it, though. It'll be stylistic, if anything. Yes. So a lot of buzz surrounding it, a lot of unknown surrounding it as well. So hard to say here early on uh, where where it might go, but there's plenty of buzz that's surrounding it. And will those questions get answered? That in and of itself, a very big question. So we'll wait yeah. and see toward till the, end, uh, till the beginning of October. Now, another one we've got to touch base on earlier in the show, you know, about movies today and are they any good – hashing another one out after another, after another, after another. Well, mid-October, we get another entry into the Saw movie, Jigsaw. That's right. Actually, I think it's toward the back end of October, the 27th. Yeah, 27th. That's when it'll be. Before that, October's going to be quite a horror month because October has Friday the 13th to it as well this year, and that's also when um, I I think Happy Death Day is going to be coming out there on the 13th, so there's your your classic put a horror movie out on Friday the 13th, plus it's October, has Halloween attached to it, so, I mean, you get the picture. It's going to be so, a good October for that. Uh, there's also um, a thriller horror one, The Snowman, that's on the way in the middle of the month as well, um, The and then also Leatherface, which I think is going to be attached to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. as well, so a lot of horror-type ones, and, and, but then getting toward the end of the month, yes, is the, the next entry... I can't believe there's another one in the entire Saw series, and it's Jigsaw. Well, this is, you know whether it's Leatherface or whether it's uh, Jigsaw, and maybe as we get closer to October, we'll do a horror episode. But uh, this is another one of those where did people really ask for this? Are we just churning things out just to put something out? 
how about something that's inspired? Something that people would make Correct. because they legitimately want to make it rather than, hey, here's a way we could make some money. Let's resurrect this. Let's do this. Let's do that. So that's part of the age-old question as to why are people not going to the theaters like they used to. You think it might be something to do with these movies that nobody asked for? That's a sequel? That's a follow-up to another movie that people didn't like in the first Which place anyway? Which are attempted cash cows based on how the previous ones went? Most of the time you get an original that's fantastic. Then you get a sequel that's less than fantastic. Right. Usually the, and as you go further into the sequels, more often than not, they get worse and they get worse. There's 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 um, exceptions to the rule. Star Wars, Fast and Furious, you know, right. Terminator. Uh, and some of those, Terminator 2 is better than the first one. But as a rule, generally, they get worse as they go. And Jigsaw would be what? Saw 17, whatever it would be? Who knows? You know? Speaking of sequels, Medea is back in October, too. There's another Medea movie on the way. Boo 2, a Medea Halloween from Tyler Perry. So that is also on the way in October. But if you're looking for something original, end of October, and this is another movie that was at the Venice Film Festival, there's there's mixed buzz that I've heard surrounding this movie, but, but hard to tell here, at least early on. Suburbicon, yeah. which is from the Coen brothers and George Clooney. How about that for a combination for putting a movie together? It stars Matt Damon and Julianne Moore, and it's on the way, uh, coming at the end of October. Oscar Isaac will also be in it, too. Uh, he of Star Wars fame. Uh, more on him and that later on. But Suburbicon coming up at the end of October as well, which... Uh, Coen Brothers and Clooney, that's quite a combination. Did you ever see Old Brother, Where Art Thou? I've seen bits and pieces of it. That's the, that's their first team up, and it's the, the Coens directed it. Um, Did I see, Clooney have a hand in the production of that movie? Uh, behind the scenes, I don't think so, but of course because he was the lead actor. this is what he's doing here. He's directing it, yeah. Yeah. So Coens are producing it, uh, and I'm sure they're all teaming up in lots of different ways behind the scenes, but I see good things for this. Uh, if you like their quirky humor, and clearly the the Coens, they can really hit pay dirt, and sometimes they miss the mark a little bit. But whether you're talking about uh, No Country for Old Men or Fargo or any of those, they can do it. On Old Brother, Where Art Thou was another big hit for them. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think you got the right ingredients here in the mix. Quirky, funny, plenty Oscar of satire, bait. surely. Oh yeah, and yeah. Oscar bait is going to be surrounding this one. So definitely, not a lot of detail on exactly what it's going to be, but if you know the Coens. It's going to be quirky, if nothing else. Yeah, the trailer's pretty interesting Yeah, if you check it out. so um, I think it'll be doing some good things. I think it'll be a nice counter-programming to a lot of the horror stuff that'll be going on close to Halloween. Yeah. So getting something like this out there for those that are, I, I've had too much candy corn. I want something different. This different it will be, but I think it'll be good. True that. November comes along, and then we start to get into some of the big... The, the tent poles. Yeah, the tent poles that are coming up here for the end of 2017. November has become an interesting month as far as as movies are concerned because there are a lot of big movies that come around in November these days as far as big part of a series type of movies that that you know are going to do well at the box office. To start with, Thor Ragnarok comes along on November 3rd as as Marvel... Marvel, I, Takes I feel like... a road like, trip, it sounds like. Yeah. It, Hulk and Thor together. This is a very interesting movie by the looks of things it it is really hard to get a gauge on what thor ragnarok is going to do is it going to be kind of comedic it looks like it might be a bit comedic they they take hulk out there into space with thor there may be others who are involved with this movie too they've got quite a big cast that's put together for this it's really really hard to tell because the buzz has been kind of tongue-in-cheek 
surrounding this movie here. At the end of what's been, I don't want to say necessarily a quiet year for for Marvel, but Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was the biggest movie that they've put out thus far. So it's it's kind of been a little bit different here this year. They haven't had one of the huge, although The Amazing Spider-Man also, also did very, very well. Yeah. Well, Spider-Man Homecoming, sorry. Not The Amazing Spider-Man, that was a few years back. It's been kind of an odd year for Marvel. They don't have one of the main guys or gals from the Avengers series who's been out this year. Wonder Woman, I feel like, has really stolen the thunder here this year. But, In a way. But Thor Ragnarok, really interesting vibe and and feeling that it's been coming with this movie and the build-up to it. Well, you know, Tony Stark, Iron Man, was in the Spider-Man Homecoming. He was, But yeah. a lot of the more recent, maybe with the exception of what's come out this year, Spidey was a pretty lighthearted adventure. Guardians of the Galaxy clearly is a lighthearted adventure. But think about last year. We had Captain America Civil War. It was kind of a heavier movie. It was. For them. A big, big part of the series. And what's coming up? They've got, they've got the Infinity War Part 1 and 2, and that's going to be pretty heavy. So maybe... 2017 is more about a little ah, break from the heavy before we go back into the heavy. So maybe that's kind of what the goal is. Maybe. So when you get Thor and Hulk basically on a Buddy Road movie is what it looks like, (laughs) uh, maybe that's a good way just to kind of take a breath before we start getting into the heavier stuff where not only that, a lot of these actors are coming up to the end of their contracts. How will they handle that? Will the Hulk get killed in a later installment? Will Tony Stark retire? Because, you know, these people aren't going to be playing those roles a whole lot longer. And the talk is past the Infinity Wars Part 1 and 2. That might be it for a lot of them. So that could be heavy. How will they deal with it? Can you handle maybe seeing Thor with cut hair? Because that's what it looks like is going to happen here. In this movie. It's, he, been, it's been weird seeing Chris Hemsworth with his hair short. Well, if you saw the the 2009 Star Trek movie, he's Captain Kirk's dad with short hair. So, yeah. He was in Cabin in the Woods with short yeah. hair. Well, but if he's like Samson... It, but, it, but it's weird seeing Thor with short hair. If he's Chris like, Hemsworth as Thor with short hair. I wonder if he's like Samson where he loses his power if he loses his hair. I don't know. Samson and Delilah. Hmm. Who knows? But it, 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 it looks an interesting. interesting theory. I, I, don't, I have no idea. I'm not really. You know, I'll tell you of all the Marvel. He still got stuff, the hammer, though. Yeah, of all the of all the Marvel stuff, I you know Thor never really grabbed me. I like him in the Avengers, yeah. but the Thor movies individually, nothing wrong with them. They just you know it's like basketball. I like basketball fine, but it doesn't really grab me. I don't really watch it. They've done pretty well to bring some other people into the picture here, yeah. certainly with Hulk and, and bringing him in. And it looks like Benedict Cumberbatch and his Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange. character are going to be in this one, too. So we are we could have a whole lot of crazy things going on here. And that's one of the Marvels I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen uh, the first Doctor Strange, or the, the only Doctor Strange yet. So That same weekend, LBJ is going to be coming out, and that's going to have Woody Harrelson as Lyndon Baines Johnson. So uh, an interesting biopic, it looks like, that's going to be coming there uh, at the beginning of November as well with that movie. The following weekend, and I, I saw the trailer for this movie at long last uh, last night, actually, in preparation for this. This looks so interesting just because of how lavish it is and because of some of the names that are attached to it. Murder on the Orient Express, the Agatha Christie novel, comes to theaters November 10th. Uh, Kenneth Branagh, it looks like, is going to be in the main slot uh, of that movie, and he is also the director Directing, for the yeah. movie as well. Uh, and he, he will also be playing Hercule uh, Poirot. Is that saying? I couldn't remember tell you the name of the character. Saying his name right? It's but, all Agatha Christie esque. But uh, but a lot of really great names attached to this: Johnny Depp, Michelle Pfeiffer, Daisy Ridley, uh, Judy Dench is going to be in it. Um, 
William Defoe. So you know when William Defoe's involved, he's going to be a suspect immediately. Um, he just <laughs> just because he he's got shifty eyes. He just has that that evil uh, characteristic attached to him sometimes. Maybe I'm thinking too much Green Goblin. I don't know. You know, um, Penelope lo- Cruz will also be in it. So big time cast that's going to be in here, and it looks really interesting. Now here's a question that I've had every couple of years. You get a good creepy horror mystery whodunit that comes out at some point in November. And in this case, it comes out about November 10th. It seems to me like that's about 10 days too short. Why isn't it coming out in a week or lead up to Halloween? A movie like that, would it get lost in the shuffle? Well, amongst the you know the, the faceless maniacs, probably not. It would stand out a little bit. It'd be a sophisticated, more highbrow horror option. Why bring it out, day, well, any kind of spooky, scary thriller or something like this, days after Halloween when you kind of have moved on from that? Why then? Because people are staying, because people stay in maybe around October, around October and Halloween. I don't get it. November is has been a pretty good month for the movies here the past couple of years. We kind for of the let mo- off with that for here. the movies, but the genre. I mean, I've seen there was there was some spooky movie that came out a few weeks after yeah, Halloween. But, but this Why is then? this is a mystery type genre though, so it's not necessarily of a horror thriller ilk. It yeah. is it is more of a mystery type of movie, but so. definitely Halloween esque. You know, horror movies you are not horror movies are great for Halloween, but so are thrillers and suspenseful movies and movies like clue a, a thriller comedy you know a mystery comedy uh if you ever seen clue the movie i'll loan it to you yeah i've seen it it's but it's one of those where it's uh multiple you, endings that you can pick you know, you've got a season that's just for this why would you release it 10 days after the end of the season that is tailored you know what i mean it's just the timing seems 10 days off it just doesn't seem like anyone in marketing was aware of on the calendar oh it was, uh, oh it was too late it's november are you going to check it out Oh, I'd love to. I really would like to get, have a look at it, too. Yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be pr- pretty interesting, pretty lavish for starters. I mean, it's the Orient Express, yeah. so you have all that's attached to that. Um, but the cast that's attached with it here with the movie looks really good. I heard so. a radio production of uh, Murder on the Orient Express, like old-school radio version where they had the cast on the old-school radio, and that was kind of neat. So that's the only exposure to Murder on the Orient Express I've ever had. So to see it would be something interesting, too. Yes. Same weekend, Daddy's Home 2 is going to be coming out there November 10th with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg and company uh, starring in that one. After that one did pretty well two years ago, now they're bringing it back with a sequel. Who would have thought they'd make such a good comedy team? Between that and the other guys, this is what, their third movie together now, unless it was some cameo that I'm not thinking they about. They have been what pretty a team good. Up. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I guess Wahlberg plays more of the... He he's more of the uh, straight faced, hard nosed type guy, and then of course Will Ferrell is is Will Ferrell. He's the goofy end of that that spectrum. Yeah, I, one of the, the the other guys is one of the funnier comedies I've seen in a while. Oh it's off gosh. the wall. Have not seen Daddy's Home, and uh, but I heard it was good. So that'll be coming up November tenth. Daddy's Home too, and then another staple. A huge tent pole, November seventeenth. We talked about it early on in the Rick and Nick Talk Flicks podcast with the Cosmic Comic Clash. The DC versus Marvel battle was going to hit a pretty big peak here this year with some of the movies that were coming along for for DC. They hit a home run. In, in fact, it was beyond a home run with Wonder Woman. And now it's all built toward Justice League on November 17th. What are they going to do now with this movie 
it's I mean the the buzz the excitement I think is is really tremendous right now Dave DC it feels like got themselves back on track with Wonder Woman now the question is when they bring the band together how's it all going to look you know this this uh it's a hard one to call to tell you the honest truth because you had a lot better focus when it was just one with Wonder Woman you got the focus a year before with Batman Superman and Wonder Woman thrown in there um it was muddled at best so we've we've had our criticisms about Zack Snyder and how he's done, but with the family tragedy, unfortunately for him, he's not been around for reshoots, and so Joss Whedon is in there taking over, who's aptly well versed in this and has done great things for the Marvel universe. And, and so now he's, clearly, he wanted to finish out the vision that had already been put in place yeah. for this movie. And the talk coming out now is that he's not changing a lot. You know, the reshoots are what reshoots are; they're pretty standard. And he's yeah. not changing what Zack Snyder has done. He's just picking up the stuff that they had not done or maybe a couple alterations. But he's not making it a Joss Whedon movie. It's very much going to be a Zack Snyder movie. Is That's what the talk is. So has Zack Snyder learned from what has come before? Because it did not work too well with Batman Superman. So with Wonder Woman and Patty Jenkins really writing the ship, that changes the potential for a lot. And if Wonder Woman worked better in some ways than what had come before... It's not too late to make a couple of uh, likewise adjustments with Wonder Woman. And like we'd also said, some of the early, early, early buzz for Wonder Woman was not looking good. If that's the case, and it really was something that they needed to salvage, they clearly did that. Can they do that with Justice League? We're a lot's riding on it. If Justice League knocks it out of the park here to end the year, it is on going into 2018 and beyond for DC versus Marvel because DC has responded very well to the the negative buzz that came about with some of the early movies and then especially with Batman versus Superman. They clearly the work that they have done to restructure things within there. It seems like it's starting to turn things around, but Justice League is going to be the really big litmus test. Wonder Woman was an outstanding start. This is going to be the huge litmus test, though, because they're bringing everybody together with this one. Here's an interesting dynamic to think about that I've not really heard much about with this movie. Spoiler alert now, we warned you early, in the end of Batman Superman, Superman dies. Correct. He's, he, last we've seen Superman, he's in the ground with levitating dirt, but still... So Superman, you know he's coming back in this movie. It's just, it's kind of a given, you know. So you know he's coming, he's in the cast. How will he come back? But how will audiences receive him? And I'll give you a parallel. There have been some movies where well-loved characters die. You know, it's not a surprise that I'm a big Star Trek fan. When Spock died at the end of Star Trek II, there was all coming out of a funeral. People cried. And by the way, that movie being re-released right about now, and not unfortunately in Bemidji, but Duluth and Fargo are going to show Star Trek 2. If you're not a Trekkie, go see it. You'll love it. It's great. But spoiler, Spock dies at the end. It's an incredible movie. And people were mourning it. Oh, yeah. To the point where the next one was The Search for Spock. People went determined to see Spock come back. Now, switch over to Batman Superman. I didn't really see a lot of weeping people, even hardcore Superman fans that I knew that were there, weeping for it because either they knew well he'll come back at some point he has to but still you're looking at superman's funeral you're looking at clark kent's funeral people didn't seem to be that upset about it now maybe it wasn't necessarily the character as much as it was the dud that was that movie but i'm also not hearing a whole lot of he's got to come back justice league superman's coming back you're hearing more about can DC do it rather than I want to see Superman come yes. back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think DC has played it pretty well though here with these early trailers because there's no, been very of him. there's been very little to no even reference 
to Superman. I think there was maybe a hint of one at the very end of the the most recent trailer. I think I think I Alfred think. didn't Alfred make a reference sort to it? Of. Maybe a slight reference, but there's there's not very much there. So I'm hearing more about how will the Flash do on the big screen? How will Aquaman do on the big screen? Well, will Wonder Woman after saving DC this summer? How nothing about soups, which really that makes his return that much more yeah. of a magnitude kind of moment you would think going into the movie now because all the focus has been elsewhere. So if they play their cards right. It could still work out pretty but well. That, but that's the marketing, and that's that's a valid point. I think that's interesting. But even just the fandom about it, you know, Superman clearly has legions of fans, and I'm just not picking up on the groundswell that Superman's dead right now. You know, is he going to come back? You know he will, but how's he gonna, I'm just not hearing it. And that, I'm not saying it's one thing or another thing. I'm just saying it's interesting. Moving on to the rest of November, uh, November 22nd, there's a, a Pixar movie that's yep. on the way, and it's one that I haven't really heard much regarding this movie so far. It's called Coco, and it's going to be a, a very musically-based movie, it looks like, um, at, at least with the, the theme and the story of it all. A lot of newcomer voices that are going yeah. to be in this movie. The only really recognizable name that I've seen is uh, Benjamin Bratt, who's attached to it, but a lot of newcomer-type movie uh, type names here that are going to be in this movie, and a lot of music, it looks like, it's going to be a big part of the story. I think it'll do good because it's coming out Thanksgiving weekend, and this is when a lot of people have time off from school, and uh, it's a great, huge weekend for the box office. So parents that don't want to take their kids to go see big, ginormous things like Justice League, uh, kids programming on Thanksgiving is huge. I think Coco will go down as, you know, a big, as long as the movie's good, and Pixar has yet to really have a bomb on their hands at all, uh, should do just fine. Did you watch Cars 2? I heard it wasn't great. I didn't see it. Okay. Uh, I heard it wasn't as good as the first one. I heard it was its own thing, but it wasn't. Pi- I wouldn't call it a bomb. Pixar hasn't hit as many knock them out of the park home runs here in the past couple of years. Not not the big timers, but yeah. they've kind of become a little sequel oriented. Plus, yeah. I, I know that they change personnel around in their studio so much. It, it happens so much with the turnover there, but. You know, they we'll we'll see. I, I hope it does pretty well. It's it'd be nice to see them really get on back on track of they're hitting big time over and over again. It, it'd be the next coming that. of Brad Bird will come. And Brad Bird was a guy that had a lot to do with Pixar's success and who's actually a Minnesotan, by the way, if you didn't know that. Uh St. Louis Park, I think he's from. Um so he's done some good things, and now he's moving out of animation and going into. Uh, uh, if you it's know. if it's one of us, it has to be. Yeah. <laughs> Getting into December now. Here we Here, go. December is an interesting mix. You get some of the big tentpole movies that come. You also get some of those art house movies that you know are going to be trying to shoot for the Oscars. Always a Christmas movie. And then you have some that are like what that are coming along too. For instance, here's one that I wanted to bring up just briefly. It's called The Disaster Artist. It's uh it is a tell all about the making of the room which has been dubbed the greatest bad movie ever made by some and it's going to star James and Dave Franco as well as Seth Rogen, Zac Efron and Josh Hutcherson among others. Um that's an interesting collection of people coming together for uh what looks like it's going to be a really uh Interesting look back on one of the uh, worst movies ever made. I haven't heard anything about that one. It's at the beginning of December, apparently, is when that's going to be coming. So it sounds like um, you know Ed Wood. You know the Plan Nine from Outer Space has been. It's an old movie, dubbed as one of the worst of all time. So 
uh, Tim Burton did a movie based on it. The movie came out in the 90s. Even though it's a 90s movie, it's in black and white. Johnny Depp and Edward, uh, or not Edward, um, um, oh, what's his name? We just lost him this year. Um, he was on Mission Impossible. You know, Mount Martin Landau, there we go. Yes. He played uh, Bella Lugosi. Uh, great movie, quirky movie. Sounds like it might be something based on that, but a little more modern. Maybe. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, okay. I don't know if I'll go. I don't think I'll go see it. It just it was interesting oh. when I read all the people who are attached to it and the fact that they are doing a movie based upon the the putting together of one of the worst movies in history. Let me put so. it to this way: like we said about the criticism as to why the box office is down. If it looks good, I'll strongly consider seeing it. Okay. Dot dot dot. Another movie that's coming at the beginning of, the, of December, this is another one, Venice Film Festival. It's been released there. It has been getting really, really tremendous buzz. Not Pan's Labyrinth good buzz, but pretty close to, according to people. If you know Guillermo del Toro, you'll know that that reference then. The Shape of Water is coming up on December 8th uh, with Sally Hawkins, who has been very well praised for for her portrayal in in the shape of water um Octavia Spencer is also going to be in this among others um it's set against the the cold war in 1960, 1963 or therefore and there's a classified experiment that's going to be that's involved here with this movie that uh Sally Hawkins and Octavia Spencer discover by the looks of it I don't know if I'll go see it but apparently people have said it's quite good if you like Guillermo del Toro. You know, he knows tension, so he's done well with horror movies. If he's going to do something a little more mainstream and keep the tension and put in a Cold War backdrop to it, sign me up. That sounds good just on the description. I've not seen the trailer, but it sounds good. Coming up then, middle of December, December little art- 15th. Little art house movie. Little art house movie. Yeah. Not a super big deal. Nah. Heck, here's here's a question I have. Is Star Wars The Last Jedi actually coming out? Because there's only been one teaser trailer that basically has had little... I I don't... All we have is a clip show trailer of Star Wars The Last Jedi. Is the movie actually coming out? Oh, yeah. Uh, Are you sure? Yeah, they just had Force Friday last week. Are you positive? And there was no trailer. That, that's true. They did not release None. a trailer for Force Friday, but I did pick We do my... not have a full trailer. All we have is a clip show. I did get myself a little Luke Skywalker action figure. The old bearded Luke Skywalker and action Were figure. you pretty happy with it? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't come with a lightsaber, but maybe he yeah, doesn't wield it. Yeah, so they release it. all these products. They have no trailer to go with it. But, the, you know, the, this is a marketing thing. It's just the way they're going to do it. But, yeah, I agree. They should have a little more to it. But it's not like The Force Awakens where we're going to dig this thing up. We all know it's coming. And I think even Rogue One, when they were doing the marketing for that, it's pretty similar to the way they've been doing Last Jedi. Um, but you got to think, in the next couple of weeks, before October, there better be the big first actual, we're going to see some serious footage from this movie kind of trailer. Because, like, you're right, there hasn't been much of anything beyond a teaser trailer, which only tells very, very little amount. Very little, yeah, because like I said, it's a clip show, yeah. essentially. So, But the buzz is fantastic. Maybe that's why they're pushing the trailer off. Who knows? Because people are trying to unearth details like crazy Yeah, what's going to happen with the plot. What's Luke Skywalker's role? What is Rey's family background? Where is the attachment actually at with her family and all the connections? What's going to happen with um with the Resistance, or not the Resistance, the... Uh, um, the first order, the, yeah. The, well, the first order the versus versus the uh, there was the resistance. I think, I think that's what they were called, right? Not the rebellion anymore. It's the resistance, or 
anyway, yeah. um, I'm still trying to get used to this new trilogy. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, what what is going to happen with the battle? From early images I've seen, it looks like space is actually going to be a lot more a part of it here this yeah. time around as far as where some of the battles may take place uh, with regards to it. And, of course, my biggest question, is this going to tie in as far as a dark tone in a very direct way to The Empire Strikes Back? The, the talk is yes. So, I mean, if you take a look at The Empire Strikes Back, this is, gonna, this is the middle part of the trilogy because there will be an episode nine after this. Um, so the middle part of the trilogy is always the linchpin. Well, Empire Strikes Back, episode five, clearly was for that trilogy. Um, so will there be a big reveal of some sort? Will we find out who is who is Ray's father? If there's if there's something similar to that, who knows? Um, it, it's going to be interesting. But there's a lot of things that they wanted to keep under wraps for mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back. So you can imagine what they might want to be keeping under wraps for this. So they're only going to release so many. There's a lot of characters that are in this movie that did not have their action figures released. Why not? Might they be some sort of a spoiler attached to it? Might those toys be released closer to release time of the movie? Who didn't have a toy released? Oh, Laura Dern's character, for example, comes to mind. She's in some way associated with the Resistance. There's no Princess Leia figure that got released with the toys, by the way. Uh, and this is going to be her last movie. Now, yes. one thing that has been said that I think is pretty cool is that we do know what happened to Carrie Fisher in real life. She finished her scenes for the movie. She was going to have a big part in episode nine, but that's not going to happen now because she's not around. And they've already said we're not going to resurrect her digitally and just create her. So this movie is pretty much going to tell the last of her tale. They have kind of hinted strongly that she's not going to die. Why would we kill her off just because the actress did? She's going to get a good send off. In what way will that work for cool. the story? Uh, who knows? She's going to go off on some kind of mission on the side that we're not going to follow all that closely, but she'll be doing good from a distance and mm. we won't see her. Something along those lines. I'm very interested to see what direction they go with it and how they round her story off. But yeah, this there is that buzz too with, with this movie, and it's it, it's a sad buzz that yeah. comes with it of the end of, of Princess and now General Leia's yeah. story. And, and bringing that to an end here. So December 15th, so many questions that are going to be answered here with the Star Wars movie. Is there? Is it actually going to come out? I mean, yeah. I am not a trail. I don't like when trailers reveal so much of the movie as far as scenes and clips, but come on. There's yeah. been nothing that's been coming here. So I agree. December 15th. Uh, December 20th, did we ask for a Jumanji sequel? Well, we're getting one. Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, Dwayne Johnson and company uh, with another Jumanji movie that's coming on December 20th. I I don't know a lot of the specifics, obviously, because the movie's not out yet. But I guess in some ways it's not got quite the same tone that the original Robin Williams Jumanji had. Um, This is going to be one of those where... Is it going to be desecrating the memory of the original, especially that's, the Robin Williams? That's the key. Yep. Because so our fans are going to stay away from it for that reason. Yeah, because people loved that one back in the '90s when it came out. Um, Dwayne Johnson said it's not a reboot, but it's a sequel. Yeah. is what this one will be. So um, he's in with it. Uh, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, as well. Nick Jonas. Okay, so interesting. Well, we, uh, had just, it. we had it. We had who was the guy in Dunkirk? Um, um, Harry Styles was in Dunkirk, so yes. I'll, I won't pass judgment on that. They they had a pretty good plan for using Harry Styles in Dunkirk, so I uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. December I, December twentieth yeah. for the Jumanji sequel. I, I think, guess is what I think for be. those that grew up on Jumanji and Robin Williams and loved the first one, 
Uh, they're going to have some opinions about this one, and they might just stay away. People that were young enough or didn't really get the first one, probably as long as this one looks good, I, thought, I think it'll do okay. I don't think it'll be a monster hit, but I think it'll do okay. Pitch Perfect will conclude its trilogy on December 22nd, the, the final one in the series. Uh, talk about a movie that latched on to the mainstream public and and. I mean, acapella has been a big thing they're here fun, in the past yeah. few years. And, yeah, they're going to round off the uh, the Pitch Perfect series with their third one on December 22nd. Um, a lot of people I know who have enjoyed the Pitch Perfect series. Yeah, and who doesn't love Anna Kendrick? She's just cute. And even Elizabeth Banks, she's not in it, but she's directed them. But she's not directing this one. She's producing it. She's involved, but she's she directed one and two. She's not doing this one. So I don't know what that means. I don't know what that's going to say, but... I think we could end it on a high note, let's hope. So again, that's coming along December 22nd. Um Christmas Day has a couple of a, a couple mm-hmm. of different movies to to keep an eye on. The one is The Greatest Showman, which is based on the life of PT Barnum, who of course put together the the greatest show on earth. Uh so it, it talks about his rise to prominence as uh, Hugh Jackman is going to play PT Barnum. Michelle Williams will be in this. Uh Zach Efron Zendaya is also in it as well. So that's coming up on December 25th. That's going to be an interesting to see, especially with the way what's going on with circuses right now. It, yeah, that will be interesting. They're kind of going away. I mean, it's a distinct possibility when my son, he's one, by the time he gets a little older, will there be such a thing as a circus to bring him to? It'll be very different if there is one. Yeah. I think it'll be very different than the circus that I grew up seeing and, yeah. and that many people know just in general from the past. But uh, it, So then that's going to be coming up on, on December 25th on Christmas Day, The Greatest Showman. And then another one, and, and this is maybe one of interest, if you are a big film lover and you you keep up with, with who's who in film, this might be worth checking out. Phantom Thread, which is coming on December 25th. If you love Paul Thomas Anderson, he's directing this one. If you're a Daniel Day-Lewis fan, mm. this is a movie you probably will want to see. This is his final performance that he will be making. As he has said, he is going to retire from from being in movies and, and acting. Uh, one, of, one of the modern greats of, of acting and of film, Daniel Day-Lewis, who you and I were talking before we, we did the podcast today, and I said he... Daniel Day-Lewis feels like he's just been one of those guys who has just been under the radar, and yet he has been so prolific and so good with the movies that he has done, and yet he's so selective as well. And if he does a movie, he pours everything he's got into it and worthy of appreciation. Yeah, and unlike other great actors where they've just kind of they did a movie and they just never did another movie after that. This one you know going into it, unless some big deal comes his way or something, this is going to be it for him, so you'll know it going in, unlike the Gene Hackmans of the world that just kind of just stop making movies all of a sudden. So it's coming up on Christmas Day if you want to check it out. It's a 1950s fashion film, I think set in England by the looks of it, uh, is the buzz that I was reading regarding that. So that's the rest of 2017 in a nutshell, uh, or more so in a long nutshell here uh, over the course of this podcast. It, it's a good blend. That's what the end of the year brings, Dave, is it's a neat blend between those big tentpole movies, those ones that you know this is going to be one that's going to draw a lot of people to the box office. It's it's either of the comic book variety or something that is a huge blockbuster-type film. You get those at the end of the year, but you also get those movies that are shooting for the Oscars and for people who who maybe are of a certain film ilk, who, who love to go see those movies, who love to see more of the art house variety that are going to be aiming to try to get some awards recognition, 
there are options for that as well. So it's it's a good time of year if you like the movies as we get closer and closer to the end of the year. Yeah, it's this is one of those for the family at the multiplex where the parents might want to see one movie, the kids go another. Well, they're all playing at the same time, so you can go see your movie while the kids are at Star Wars or Justice League or whatever. Um, it's a good one. Fall and early winter, good time for pretty much everybody to go see something they're going to like at the theaters. What do you think when you look at these movies? Are there ones that you know for certain you've got them down on your list and you'd like to check them out? Oh, absolutely. Star Wars, obviously, top of that list. But there's a few others that are going to be interesting to go check out as well. Um, Kingsman, of course, coming out in a couple weeks looks pretty darn good. Um, Blade Runner looks interesting. I, You know, the first one is a good movie. It was... It didn't grab me like it grabbed a lot of other people. I'm more of a fan of Ridley Scott, some of his other work. Um, but I'm nothing wrong with Blade Runner. Fantastic movie. But uh, it'd be, I'm not as interested to see the sequel as others are. I've got a lot of interest in Justice League and, and seeing how DC continues to build upon what Wonder Woman did. And, of course, with Star Wars and The Last Jedi coming along, I'll be there to see it right away. But definitely Murder on the Orient Express. I'm I'm just I'm very, very intrigued by it. And and of course I've heard about the novel. I know a little bit of the story, so I'm really, really intrigued how that's going to look on the screen and if it can come together and, and put the promise together. I have I have a bit of interest in Suburbicon. I'm I'm really, yeah. really curious how that's going to come together and how that movie will look. Um it's been it's been interesting the buzz that I've seen surrounding it so far, but I'm I, it's got me. It's got my curiosity peaked. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, I think Clooney and the Coens are a really good combination. That is fascinating. Yeah, putting them together, they're they're really good together. They, if you saw, um, you know, like we said, "Oh, brother, where art thou?" It's going to be more like that with a whole different story, of course. But yeah, it was a great tone for that movie. I think something similar is going to come. They're a very good match. I'm hopeful it's going to be a good end to the year, movie wise, and a good end to the year, box office wise. Let's let's hope for the best as far as that's concerned. And like I said off the top, that's definitely going to be a topic for another day. Is what are things going to look like moving forward here after a summer that has a lot of people in the film industry asking questions of why this happened? I think it's questions for the filmmakers and the production companies themselves to answer. Maybe not necessarily one for the consumers to answer. Well, let's put it to you this way. It's not necessarily the tent poles withstanding Star Wars, Justice League, so forth, that are really going to draw people in. There's a lot of other movies coming out that are going to have, for one genre or another, one set of appeal or another, reason to go check them out. Now, not every movie that's going to come out is going to be a hit. Some of them that have got some buzz may not work for you. That's okay. But there's going to be a lot of reason to go see what are looking to be a pretty good crop of movies for fall and early winter. So if people don't go to the theaters, I don't think you can really put the blame on the fact that it's bad movies. I think it's going to be bad theater going, to tell you the truth. It is. There's a there's a lot of different. There's a lot of different opinions. Factors yeah. and a lot of different opinions surrounding it. Yeah. People, people don't go quite the same way that they did anymore. That's why we encouraged when we did our go into the theater one it's there is some there's just a little bit of something that is attached to going to the movie theater that i hope people don't lose sight of because it's still kind of neat although albeit with the way that the costs are these days there's that but there's something about going and seeing a movie that's still yeah. pretty neat i think you know the theater we talked about it a little bit so i don't want to rehash an old episode but since we're talking about it 
it's you know uh, a couple things you could do to fix the movie going experience. It's an experience. Movies are to be enjoyed and devoured like a, a fine meal, not something that comes in a ninety nine cent bag like a lot of people do. And there's nothing wrong with watching movies at home or Netflixing. I'm a big fan of it myself, but to wait for a movie. And then go watch it at home. It's just not the same. I don't want to see Superman for the first time at home. No. I don't want to see Star Wars for the first time at home. It's like the way I approach my favorite movie, Lawrence of Arabia. I wish I had been around in the 1960s to see it on the big screen because that's yeah. what I've heard. You have to see that movie in in that kind of setting. You have to see it on the biggest screen possible. So. I would have enjoyed seeing it then. Star Trek Two, one of my all-time favorite movies. It's, I've seen it on every format it's ever been out. I own like three different copies of it right now at home. It's like my catcher in the rye. It's getting re-released here for its anniversary here, but not in Bemidji. It'll be in Fargo and Duluth and a couple other places. Uh, for for logistical reasons, I'm not traveling to Fargo or Duluth to see it when I could just pop it in at home. But I've never seen it on the big screen. I would love to see it on the big screen because it's an experience. But part of that experience also includes people on their phone. And some of my friends will go to movies and they're d- yep. diddling on their phone. And I legitimately get mad at them. I'm like, would you put the damn thing away? You know, you don't need to text your wife in the middle of the movie. She knows you're at the theater. Put it away. You know, I get mad about that stuff. People that are talking in ways that aren't helpful. Theater going experience can be good and it can be bad. So we make it. We if the theaters can take steps to make it better, that's a step in the right direction. Better movies is a good step in the right direction. Lower cost is a step in the right direction. Plenty of different things that we are going to have to get into another day because they're topics worth getting into. But they do it well at Bemidji Theater. They certainly do. So stop on by and we thank the Bemidji Theater for their sponsorship of Rick and Nick Talk Flicks and having them aboard. CECtheaters.com is where you can go uh, to check out the movie listings and times for the Bemidji location for CEC Theaters. The Bemidji Theater is definitely a great place to go catch a movie and we're glad that we have them aboard here with the podcast. I'm Joel Hoover. I'm Dave Brooks and I have no fear of Rick and Nick coming in to kick us out because they, as far as they're concerned it was yesterday that's right yeah so uh we're gonna round things off right here though so thanks for joining us we'll talk to you again soon and we'll see you at the movies